How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So many of us feel stuck and unsure of how to make positive changes in life. Journaling is a proven way of keeping yourself on track and creating lasting change. The How I Quit Alcohol Playbook will take you through 365 days of gratitude, daily affirmation, and loads of techniques to help you stay on track and head towards a clearer future. Head to the show notes or iquitalcohol.com.au to grab yourself a copy today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated, elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the studio, I'm here once again with my gorgeous hubby, Ash Grunewald. How are you, Ash? Good. It was time to get you back on again. You haven't been on for this new season, so I thought, get the big fella on. Mr. Inspiration. (laughs) I love it. I have something to share, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. I realized I hadn't been practicing what I was preaching for a little while there. And when I say a little while, it probably goes for a year plus. 
I'd like to make that confession and, and uh. talk about what I'm going to do about it and, yeah, tell you all about it, but more on that later, I guess. Oh, well, why stop now? Okay. <laughs> the How I Quit Alcohol Confessionals. Yeah. So I just did some interviews lately for my new album. The interviewers were reminding of some me of some inspirational things that I said in the past, and I was very honest <laughs> when they sort of read them out to me because I said, oh, well, I haven't really been doing that. And that was when COVID first hit and we were all so worried. I was saying, you know, we all really need to be focusing on the things that we can change and making working on our inner workings like you do in How I Quit Alcohol. And I know mm -hmm. it goes in How I Quit Alcohol, it goes beyond just drinking alcohol. And I was talking about all those things, but I just felt like because of the turmoil, because of like as a professional musician, the problems that I had encountered and the madness that's out there, I just started getting those updates every day and, oh, this has happened and now that's happened. I started to, to put a lot of focus on externals. I would just like to jump in and say that you have not had a relapse because I'm sure people are probably going, what the fuck, has he had a relapse? Is he drinking again? So, <laughs> oh, I mean, you haven't, have you? <laughs> I haven't are you sneaking a, some bourbon into your heaps, uh, normals? <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't had a relapse of, of the alcoholic nature, mm -hmm. but it's somewhat of a relapse in terms of thinking, letting um, outside circumstances dictate my inner reality which i don't believe in that and look it has been tough i mean it's been exceptional ex cer exceptional circumstances but um i still think the mission has to remain no matter what happens to not let outside realities dictate your inner reality yeah. and um I had been letting that slip. And anyway, so I was talking about that in an interview and I was like, oh, so what I've got back onto is journaling. You know, that's one big thing. Mm -hmm. You do it off and on though. Like I've seen you in the last couple of years, you know, get into your journal a bit here and there. So I do. But I would say it's completely gone my, out the window. Because I know where this podcast is going. We're going to talk about commitment. I realized that in the first year when I quit alcohol and when I was having, I had to be good with my time because I was writing a book and everything, I was really on fire because I really maintained that commitment. And that stayed in my life for the next year. But then when we were homeschooling, when we were locked down, you know, then you're out of lockdown and you're rebuilding your career, then something else hits and whatever, just kept going. And then after a while, I just found that I did lose my way a bit with that. I started falling into thinking about those outside circumstances, which you have to think about them, but they became the focus. And I lost the focus on myself, on what are the things that I need to be doing? Where, What effort am I putting towards making myself better on an emotional, a spiritual, a physical level? I wasn't working on myself anymore. I was just getting the news updates and just getting by. And it's a very, you know disempowering way to approach the challenges that you have so i'm not denying that i don't i don't agree with just ignoring what's happening in the world but you have to be working on yourself to be in the best condition possible to face the challenges that are going to come your way yeah absolutely i've got a, quite a few things to say on this but one of the challenge the current challenge group people at the moment had posted yesterday in the facebook group that she was feeling particularly vulnerable because of what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine, then of course everything that's been going on with COVID and she just felt really dysregulated and felt really 
vulnerable and just wobbly. And, yeah. And it's funny because it's funny that you bring this up because we hadn't actually discussed this. I hadn't told you about that, but that my advice was the same thing to her about um, focusing on what you can control rather mm. than what you can't control. And as, again, it's not to bury, and I said that to her too, you don't want to bury your head in the sand, of course. But there was a great Thich Nhat Hanh quote, which bless him, he only just died recently. Um, mm, beautiful, a beautiful human. Spiritual master, teacher. Yeah. What is most important is not to allow your anxiety about what happens in the world to fill your heart. If your heart is filled with anxiety, you will get sick and you will not be able to help. Mm. Mm. I love that. So, you know, you may not think that you can help at this stage, but you never know what's around the corner. So to refocus and within the group at the moment, we're talk we're doing mindfulness, mindful awareness, going through learning how to refocus the story loop that we go through, through meditation. So teaching them some really basic meditation practices to just be with the breath. And when the thought comes, I think as everyone thinks that meditation is about, you know, literally sitting there on a mountain <laughs> not eating and drinking for days and going into some weird spiritual realm, which I guess you can get to that for sure. But initially learning to train the mind to to go from wherever it's going in the story back to a, a focus point, which is the breath or a mantra. So, and the point of that being that we can train ourselves in a way that when, you know, we get out of our heads and then back to our center and back to our focus and uh, and so that's so easy. So it's just like, you know, focusing on the breath in and out. The mind wanders. And you actually want the mind to wander. You mm. want the mind to go off on its own tangent so you can train it to start coming back. So you can do a spiritual push-up. Exactly. So you can do a spiritual push-up. Exactly. Can I can I add something? Your old mate, Thich Nhat Tan, said on what you're talking about, Feelings come and go like clouds in a windy sky. Conscious breathing is my anger. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point. So people within the group are like, I'm not doing it right. And there's, you can't do it wrong. <laughs> and realizing that it is heavy lifting. Like it's, and I think that's what you're saying about the mountaintop. People associate meditation with somehow ease and achieving ease, mm -hmm. genuine ease, like to rock around like the Dalai Lama or Thich Nhat Hanh takes a whole lifetime of hard work. They're the equivalent of the super buff bodybuilder in spiritual push-ups. They've put in so much work. Uh, yeah, to, be, to live as a more conscious person, it takes a lot of effort. And we shouldn't be scared of that effort because the really cool thing is you get results straight away when you do it. But um, or maybe you don't get results straight away. You have to build it up. But but the benefit you benefit every time you try, even if you don't know you're benefiting. Well, yeah, totally. Because we can still meditate in the morning, and then you and I can still have a, an argument that <laughs> morning. After it. You know, it's not to say that you become com and because also I want to kind of drop this bullshit that okay, we're going to start meditating, and then we're going to be completely Zen person, or mm. we're going to stop drinking, and then suddenly. I'm going to be the happiest person around because that's bullshit. Mm. And I think that sets up an expectation. Although I did find when I quit drinking, I got a lot happier. Oh, for sure. Like, it's, of course, because you're not waking up hating yourself and having that mm. anxiety. There's, it's different. We still have emotions come up and we can feel quite raw mm. when you take the alcohol out or you still have hard days. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just it's not coupled with a, a raging hangover and then <laughs> regret and embarrassment of... Mm. 
actually, and within the group as well. No, it was a one-on-one I was doing, but just saying to that person, because they were debating whether or not are they going to go back to drinking after the challenge. And I said, well, how, how did alcohol make you feel? You know, after a big night, how did you feel? And then, of course, there was all the, the usual suspects, the anxiety, the shame, embarrassment, uh, feeling tired, you know, all the rest of it, physically sick. And I said to her, well, how many times have you felt like that in the last six weeks? Mm. She said, none. Mm. So it's like, well, do you want to go back to that? Because that's what it promises you. It promises mm. you that that's what's waiting for you. Mm. You know, so anyway, but um, I'm digressing. But yeah, so the mm. focus, the focus, yeah, really watching your focus and where your thoughts are going. And I know it's hard, but the more we can train the mind to not go off there on that tangent and bring it back to the breath. And really throughout the day, I've just been doing a practice in the last like week or so of just really tuning into what I'm doing and keep reminding myself to be with my breath or whatever it is that I'm doing, the task I'm carrying out, making a conscious thought in my mind, this is what I'm doing. You know, and when my, it's funny how much the mind goes off into la la land and just bringing it back again. Just keep reminding yourself, keep reminding yourself to bring it back. And just to tie that back into the, the alcohol thing, people might be thinking, oh yeah, I kind of get it, but really I thought this was an alcohol quitting podcast and why are you talking about mindfulness and you know meditation but the way your mind just wanders and it's completely kind of out of control sometimes it is unhealthy or or to put it another way it's it if you could be in control of your mind that's a very very healthy thing and that is not in this day and age a very normal thing for somebody to be in complete control of their mind because of the Mm. world that we live in and just that nobody ever taught us and also just that it is actually a quite a bit of work. Mm -hmm. We're not in control of our mind. Our mind's in control of us. And um, we were talking earlier about this podcast and just chatting about a few things. And a lot of people find that during the challenge that their mind starts to make deals with them. Mm -hmm. And the reason this... The reason meditation and getting an awareness of your thoughts is so important is because you need to be aware that your mind is going to start making deals with you and say, oh, maybe we could just have three on a Thursday, these complicated little (laughs) Two before a gig. I remember when you went through that. It was, no, yours was none before the gig, only after. There was a formula, a complex formula that could have ended up in a fucking... In a Excel spreadsheet. But- <laughs> oh, there was one that so was like, okay, Ash, get to the venue and just have a soda water first. And then, yeah, you, so, you start know, on a soda water. All these deals. Then you drink waters in between the. But, but it's the sneaky bitch. She's mm. part of that deal making process. The arsehole. <laughs> we're, we're giving a character to alcohol, if you're wondering what we're well, on it's, about there. It's good to do that too, to see it as a separate entity sometimes, mm. you know. Um, even to, I know with Ben, the psychologist, talking with him about the alcoholic part of us that come, you know, that shows mm. up sometimes. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it helps. But that's the thing. It is a lot of, um, you have to have your wits about you to know when your mind is starting to do deals or when the sneaky bitch mm. or whatever you call it, that, that thing that wants you to drink alcohol is coming back in. It can be... Yeah, it can, it can be sneaky. Well, I remember so many times going, 
that's it. I'm done like having a massive night, making a dick out of myself, whatever. And then the next morning, like everyone listening would have had this at least 10 times or more. Mm. And you as well, Ash, where mm. we've woken up and gone, okay, no, that's it. I've even been in tears and, mm. you know, full on anxiety, just like, that's it. I'm not, you know, that's it no more. Mm. And then before you know it, you know, the deals start coming. Well, I'll mm. just drink, like you say, I'll just drink three on a Thursday or, <laughs> you know, I'll have three AFDs a week mm. and Googling like what's acceptable and the doubt creeps in and you think, no, no, I've got this. I'm all right. Oh, I wasn't that bad. I know heaps of people mm. that say, well, was that really that bad? Mm. And yeah, and then you go back and inevitably you go back to where you were before you started, if not worse. And so I know that news is not great. I guess it's a case of what's at stake too, like on Mm. balance, you know, like we only wanted to do a year Mm. at the start of the year. That seemed like an eternity. But then when we would benefited so much by the end that Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, I don't think I'll risk going back. Yeah. You know. And it's about like, this is what we wanted to talk about too, is making a commitment for a certain amount of time. When you actually commit to something, it becomes more rock solid. Mm. And then it does become easier. Like what you say, it's easy because you've committed to it. Well, yeah, you have, um, say with drinking, when it's slightly negotiable or like some people, when they think they're about to falter or they think I can't do this, it's because they've started to negotiate Oh, well, Lyndall says that too. The relapse starts, you know, in your mind often days before the actual relapse happens. Yeah, and it starts mm. with a negotiation and, and when you look back on that negotiation that you made and you sort of fucked up and ended up back drinking again, you'd be like, oh, why was I even thinking that? But the that force of will to start drinking again is quite strong. So, I yeah, I agree, agree that an absolute... Is so relaxing, like, yeah, I'm not drinking. Yeah, and I think if you want to just dabble, that's different. Like, if you go, I just want to have a couple of weeks off or or whatever, that's... But you have to be committed to that couple of weeks if you want to kind of get through it. And then, I guess, the deal-making starts. But um, there is a difference between being interested or perhaps wanting to dabble in something and then a proper commitment to something. So I was reading in this book where it says, if you're interested in doing something, you only do it when it's convenient. If you're just interested in doing it and when you're committed to something you just accept it and that's what you do you know that's no questions asked and I think that's what we had in taking that year off it was like we knew and of course there was times where my mind would start to go there a little bit like oh maybe I'll just have a glass of wine if we you know get in front of a fire or something like that but then Mm. I remember you saying I remember saying that when we came back to our house I think I don't know if I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself but we were here in, we came back home from Bali and it was cold and we had a fire outside. And I said to you, mm. you know, something about along the lines of that, maybe mm. we could just have one, you know, glass of wine in front of the fire kind of thing. And you were mm. like, well, why can't we just have a cup of tea in front of the fire? It's the same thing, mm. you know, and just enjoy a cup of tea and just enjoy the fire. Mm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the, 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 the penny dropped. And then again, I just went back to being committed. So it's a difference. Uh, yeah. And I've got something that really early on, I was on those red hot summer tours. Jimmy Barnes was headlining and lots of big drinkers that follow Barnesy mm-hmm. and um, everybody was drinking. And I remember hearing them and I'm also apologizing to podcast people if they've heard this, but um, you know, it's a big thing with musicians, the drinks rider. And I was outside the tent and I heard my sound guy talking to the organizers 
and they said, oh, what, what does he want? What beers or blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, no, 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 Ash doesn't drink. So, you know, just get it, this, that and that. But I, what I noticed, because this was just in the first month or so of, of quitting, I still labeled myself and was thinking of myself as a drinker. And then he just matter-of-factly said, oh, no, he doesn't drink. And the way he said it, it was like, it wasn't a big deal at all. Yeah. Um, and I really took that in. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then for something about that just made it a real absolute for me. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute that wasn't a big deal and that didn't require so much explanation. And that really helped my commitment and made me not um, have to uh, be rethinking the decision all the time. It yeah. just went into the back. Because there's a thing called decision fatigue, I think, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just like rethinking. And it's very stressful to be thinking about the decision all the time. If you just make this the commitment, it, there's, there, there's no decision anymore. Oh, it's my not, God. Yeah, so like the... Not, su- reduces suffering. Yeah. And that moderation, like moderating all the time will <sighs> give you that decision. It, it did, you know, I just didn't know there was a, la- a name for it, a label for that. But oh, yeah, moderating, yeah. Because yeah. oh, it's totally exhausting. But also, to even if your commitment goes from, like when you're 100% committed, it's just like there's no exceptions, that's it. But as soon as your commitment drops to 99%, Mm. Look out. <laughs> yeah, there's that little crack. There's that little crack and that little bit of doubt. So I guess, yeah, it has to be an absolute. It has to be an absolute. It's just you... like it's it's definitely a, a no-go zone. It's just not, nowhere. And so you keep that commitment at 100%. Mm. Yeah, you were telling me about that thing of like, oh, do you shoplift? No. It's just an immediate thing. No. Of course not. You'd be like, of course no. not. You're not thinking to yourself, you're not rethinking every day whether you should shoplift or not. <laughs> yeah. You just don't. Yeah. Um, and it's very, there's no, like, it's very a relaxing decision. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and turning it to that kind of relaxing but resolute decision, even if it is has, has got a date on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm not drinking till the end of the year. Exactly. Oh, I'm not drinking till this date. And... Yeah, you reduce your suffering as a result of that decision massively if you just, in a relaxed way, just make that commitment. And also if you're going into an event and it's 100% resolute, you are 100% committed. Even if you have to write it in your journal before you go, like Mm. I'm 100% committed to this, then you go there and that's your resolution and you're, you're, you're firm. And that's why people always at the start, they're always, they're kind of still there. It's when you go into that party, ninety nine or ninety eight percent, that you start. You can even start obsessing over the alcohol too. Yeah. You start obsessing a bit because you 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 are you're doing those deals and will I won't I blah blah. Even just saying that makes me feel exhausted. Mm. You know, it's no, it's an absolute no. Mm. There's no will I won't I in I'm not. Yeah. No 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 I'm not doing that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. It's not, not a cause of suffering to me. I'm just not doing it. Or if just like just the option is not there. So it's yeah, like, the like you say, I will not put a drink past my lips. Yeah, I won't put yeah, an alcoholic drink to an my al- lips. Exactly. I can suffer as much as I want as a, as a result of not doing it mm-hmm. if I want to suffer. Or if I want to say, oh, I wish I could or this or that, that's up to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to drink one. Yeah. And then I guess, so how do you keep the commitment strong? Well, there's so many ways, but remembering why you're there. And even like, even if you have to keep going back in your mind. And I remember doing this thinking, and not that we want to be really negative, but I remember thinking about the last few big binges that I'd had and how I felt the next day and that that self-hatred I felt. And then just thinking about, and I've talked about this before, but my vision of where I wanted to be. So I just kept, would change the focus once again, but go, I don't want to go back there. I don't, and just don't even remember the, the worst last night that you had on alcohol. Keep thinking about it. Think mm. about the way that it made you feel and know that alcohol promises you a good chance of feeling like that again. Mm. And then really envisage the person that you want to become. So mm. writing lists, uh, we'll be doing this in the challenge group tonight. When after this podcast comes out tomorrow, but um, where we will create new visions for ourselves and the new you. And you think about the old you, think about how that person was. So for me, and I don't know about you, Ash, but for me, I felt like when I was really in the throes of drinking all the time and um, in that cycle, the binge mm-hmm. cycle, I felt unhealthy and I felt self-loathing. I felt guilty, shameful, embarrassed, embarrassed, well after I'd you know got over the hangover because not being able to remember conversations if I'd told someone something I'd call my friend Lisa mm. and she'd be like yeah, yeah you told me that the other night when mm. you're pissed you dickhead or whatever or she'd mm. go to I'd ask her something or another person no I told you that we've mm. already you know had this, and that was so embarrassing <laughs> oh my god and then it's relaxing to not have that in your life yeah and thinking sometimes too about where is this going if I stay on this path mm. Where do I end up? Where does where does this take me? And the old play it forward. Play it forward. Play it forward. Five years. Mm. If I keep drinking on this, and we know that alcohol gets progressively worse, this isn't to be really scary and, and negative. Mm. But dude, like, do the exercise in your mind for a minute. Just start mm. thinking about it. Like, imagine hovering above yourself and looking down at yourself in five years' time. Mm. So, well, I know you can do it for you, but I'd be like mm. pretty fat. <laughs> miserable, probably single, <laughs> you know, um, just hating on myself. Who knows? Like, who mm. fucking knows? Mm. Mate, I don't know. You? Mm. Oh, yeah. I, d- I just feel, um, yeah, I would be, yeah, physically not in shape. Mm. You know, wearing out, where I'm 45 now, I would be aged. <laughs> and you don't look aged now, you look oh. quite hot. <laughs> I would be, thank you. You still got it. You do. <laughs> um, I would be, um, yeah, I wouldn't be doing the things that I love to do, like getting up for a surf and all that kind of thing. What about your career? My career would not be where it is. I know that. Yeah. Because um, it just, this tiredness would have pervaded 
my whole it was starting to pervade everything and, and pervade my music even and playing your self esteem yeah and your self esteem's in the toilet mm-hmm. and just that feeling of yeah making a drongo of yourself when you're drunk and yeah and like gets to you after a while it's good to have the reminder of that um i don't even like even now i don't like talking about it because mm. it's so uncomfortable mm. it's um, good to sit with it though for mm. a bit i know it's not something to dwell on but it is good to sit there and then even if you went forward another 5 years Okay, yeah. 10 years down the track, if I'm like, we're talking of some serious bloat and red face, red nose, <laughs> you know, yeah, probably who knows health-wise, like mm. liver could be shot, could have mm. pancreatic cancer, like who knows? Mm. So, and then you can erase that for a minute and then think, mm. okay, well, what if I chose the different path? Mm. Okay, what do I look like in five years' time? What do I look mm. like in a year's time? What do I look like in a month's time mm. if I stop this? And do it, do that exercise. So, do that playing it forward for a month if mm. I was to take alcohol away how would I look how would I feel what would I feel about myself mm. then go forward a year then go and do the same thing what how would I be in five years mm. and where would I be in 10 years and I tell you what the 10 years that's when you really start to go wow those two even in my mind's eye look completely different especially because on top of that I know a lot of people listening to this podcast may be of similar age to us so if you're in your 30s and 40s, 50s, you know, the decisions that you make, you know how easy it is for a decade to slip by and you're doing roughly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a massive impact on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking's one of them for sure. So, it, yeah, it's it's quite quite a big one. But, I mean, the other thing to keep you on track and all of these things that we're discussing, all of that comes out if you journal I was going to say, writing it down gives you that clarity as well. So, if you're going to do this exercise and you're listening to this, you know, obviously don't do it if you're driving a car right now, but think about doing it at night time. Get it down on paper because it gets it also out of your head and it gives you so much clarity to actually see it on paper. 100%. That's Mm. so important. And I know we've stressed it on this podcast, but like I, I remember hearing that there's no genius that hasn't ever been, they leave notes behind. Because mm. it's it's a one it's one thing that's common to all very successful people and and we all want everybody listening to this podcast wants success in one of the biggest challenges of their life, maybe mm-hmm. alcohol. Yeah. And it will help you. And at the start of this podcast I was saying I'd fallen off a little bit or what I was confessing to. Mm-hmm. It was it was the lack it was falling out of that habit of the journaling that really allowed me to just like I say psychologically lose my way a little bit mm-hmm. with um with letting external factors bum me out and not staying on my path. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me back onto that path for the last little while is just getting back into the journaling. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Once you do you do the stuff. Mm. The rest takes care of itself because you're reminding your subconscious of yeah. these things. Say with drinking, you're reminding your subconscious of the negatives. Mm-hmm. You're reminding it of the positives and you're also reminding your subconscious of your goals moving forward. And it's much simpler to get to them if you're yeah, if you're giving yourself those reminders. And also, you just reminded me too, if you're 100% committed to not drinking alcohol 
and then you kind of start getting somewhere, you get some momentum. Then you can also start to put that 100% commitment into other things. Like mm. in your book, Surf by Day, Gem by Night, that you wrote, mm. amazing book. Like that's such a great book. We interviewed all those different, you know, top of top of their field, mm. you know, Kelly Slater and all these, and most of them didn't drink, but they mm. were committed to getting to the top mm. of, of what they were. And, and very rarely, I don't think many of them drank because it was no. just going to hold them back. Mm. And that was a great lesson that you had in that year of, of sobriety too, in that first year to realize that, wow, these dudes that I really look up to, they're not piss heads, <laughs> mm. yeah. you know, and they're at the top of their game. Yeah, that I did note that. Yeah, it's so amazing. Like that was mm. that was pretty amazing thing that mm. you came that came away, f- you know, well, from that, that book. You know, we're talking about we're on the alcohol podcast. Kelly Slater at almost fifty just won the um, Pipe Masters again. His one of the biggest revelations, apart from being the greatest surfer of all time, that he brought onto the tour. The biggest thing everybody noticed about him that it was that he wasn't a crazed party animal. Yeah. He wa- it it was it was a big deal. To mm-hmm. go. that's it's so funny how much that uh, that doesn't seem to be a big deal these days, but that was a massive deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny how much our culture has changed even even in Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we still are a drinking culture, but it's changed a lot since it was it it was a uh, it was heresy. Mm-hmm. To not be getting slaughtered all the time when Kelly Slater came on the scene. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's more. It's cooler now. In some, in a lot of circles, to not be wasted. One of the there's a musician in my challenge group. There's a couple, but one in particular is a younger guy, great musician, great country artist, and he noticed you, Ash, mm-hmm. backstage at a festival, and there was another musician there who I won't name who was getting slaughtered backstage, mm-hmm. and he said you came in into the backstage area and he said that you just had something about, you had a presence about you and he noticed that he took note of the fact that you, he watched you for a while and noticed that you weren't drinking mm. and that you just had a presence about you and an aura. He said that you had an aura. <laughs> what <laughs> and, a legend. <laughs> <laughs> but what a great thing to notice, especially for a younger musician to look at you that's mm. coming on, fuck, he's got his shit together and he's got this thing about him. And, pe- and I said to him, well, it's true because people – would start to take you more seriously and mm. not only because you're respecting yourself, mm. you know, it's like sends a message out for other people to respect you more and I don't know, like mm. I just think that's definitely a thing. That's so awesome and it's awesome for me to hear too because I also remember times where it was the opposite and the mm. support act was the one who was more together. Yeah. And um, I definitely remember the feeling and there's no more horrible feeling I reckon mm-hmm. That when you start to feel like an old dog, yeah. <laughs> old rock dog, and you, they're <laughs> getting sozzled and the, the actual support act is chatting to you afterwards, they're pretty together. They're just about to jump in the car and shoot off to whatever they've got to do. And you're like, ah, I can't see you later, young fella. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it must feel pretty good now to when you do a show and then you've got a, a younger musician or you know, anyone that's doing the support and to just feel really together, not sending them on their way, half sozzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's something that I think, I don't know if people can identify with this, but drinking, it was always going on. It was always in the background of every conversation. I remember meeting John Williamson, um, having this really serious chat to him and his wife 
they're very res- I really respect him and my parents used to listen to him and grew grew up listening to him and I I got a lot of respect but I had a pint of wine <laughs> in my hand because oh. it was it was at this festival and Ooh, red or white red <laughs> because it was at this festival it was freezing cold it was at this festival in Threadbow and um we were going to leave the uh, and um I just thought, oh, I'll just grab all that wine and I poured it in a pint glass. And I'm having to try to have this dignified conversation. And I'm there with this pint of red wine. And then uh, uh, the conversation went on for a while and I'm like, mm, okay, I'll just have a sip. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgraceful, really. Um, but, is he a drink? Is he a pisset? Or? Uh, I don't think he would. Maybe he had a beer. I can't remember. Uh-huh. I just remember feeling... That was a point where I felt a little embarrassed, like Mm -hmm. I'm going a little far. And even other times when you feel like a legend and you think you're slaying it, that's even Mm -hmm. worse because you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it is really good. I think, you know, you don't walk around. I don't walk around now thinking, feeling like a lord because I'm not drinking. I don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. What's changed is that this thing that was a big deal and a big part of it and very important for the gig to go on, are the drinks here? Mm. You know, it's just not an. It just doesn't even factor in anymore. And I think that's really relaxing, mm-hmm. and it allows you to focus. You're just naturally focused on on the music a lot more. And I think in everybody's life, there's more room for whatever. It's actually quite confronting. You have to work out what is important now, mm-hmm. and what you do want to do with your life when there's a mm. um, alcohol shaped hole in it. Um, and it just gives you more life because all that time you're not getting sozzled. Okay, what am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with all this life? Okay, mm. let's have a look. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's just it's probably if you add it all up, if you think drinking's a waste of time, then if you add all that time up, you've just given yourself like another. Maybe you drink for a fifth of your life, and you've got another forty years left. Wow, you've just got, you know, you've just got a decade for free. Yeah, someone did the stat once, didn't they, with all the time he's been drinking and then hung over. And if you drank three times a week or something like that, it was an absurd amount of time. Mm. I mean, yeah, and you like life, you like living, so, like, getting more of it's got to be good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that optimism too, just keeping that optimism is really crucial. So, the commitment and the optimism to what you're doing, so remembering you know why you're doing it remember just you know even if it kind of feels uncomfortable to remember those times past but then to switch the focus over to an optimistic vision of where you want to be and just be get excited Mm. about the journey just think this Mm. is fucking awesome Mm. and look at all this like like you say this life that i'm gaining Mm. i'm actually gaining life and think of all the good things that while you were drinking, in spite of the fact that you were drinking, mm-hmm. you did achieve something, I'm sure. Um, most people, you know, oh, they, yeah. they didn't, not everybody lived, you know, ended up in the gutter who's listening to this. They, they functioned and did. So if you did all of that with a hangover or with wasting all that time and you achieved all those things you achieved in your life, imagine what you're going to achieve moving forward. Yeah, you don't know what you're capable of. Mm. And then times that by what, however long you plan on living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, it's it's a massive difference. Yeah, 
and just oh, on so many, so many levels, emotionally, spiritually, mm. physically, there's just so much to gain. And oh, I just always think from a, a vanity standpoint, uh, although I wasn't one of those that lost 30 kilos when they stopped drinking like <laughs> you, but... Um, I didn't lose 30 kilos. But I imagine <laughs> I would look a lot worse <laughs> if if I hadn't kept going. Totally. Know. We would have been so... Um... So pickled. Yeah, literally. But I'm so, I'm still excited. Like four years down the track, I'm still really excited about what the future holds. I'm still learning stuff all the time. Mm. And oh, you are. Yeah, but we both are, you know, just like excited to take people on this journey. Mm. Just be excited about the future and what the future holds mm. and keep learning. I just, yeah. So Commitment. It, commit, people. Commit. It's relaxing. It's easy and it's fun. Commitment and, is relaxing. And and the uh, the other way of saying that is not committing, kind of committing, is very stressful. Exhausting. Exhausting and stressful and it makes it into more of a ball like than it needs to be. Yeah. And note when your commitment is slipping. So if you can feel that, you know, like I said before, there's a difference between, a very big difference between 100% committed and 99% committed. Mm. So, which are you and if what's going on in that 1% and how can you get that 1% back to 100? Mm. Because 100% committed is, like we said, relaxed. 99% committed, there's a bit of a decision. There's a bit of negotiation and then decision fatigue can come in. Imagine if I said, if you said, Danny, are you committed to our marriage? And I'm like, mm. yeah, 99%. 99%. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Or if you said yeah. that, what? Mm. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What's the 1%? And I'd yeah. feel so um, insecure and so vulnerable mm. if you said mm. that. If mm. you said, I'm only 99% committed. Mm. It's very different to 100%. Yeah, there's a big difference. Like, And like I was saying, there's. I think that difference is that there's thoughts going on. There's decisions being made. There's nego- mental inner negotiations mm-hmm. being made. And that's just stressful. Yep. Absolutely. So get committed. If you're not feeling 100%, if you want to go on this journey, that is, if even if it's for a month, but just go, I'm committed for this month and to see how I feel at the end of it mm. and get pen to paper. If you're mm. starting to wane, I, I cannot stress enough to get a journal or some, a piece of paper or even a dunny roll, whatever, and get your pen onto it and start writing about it. Start remembering old you. You know, the old, the you that was last week or the you that was six months ago or whatever, and think about the future you and start writing about that person too and, and weigh it mm. up. Where do I want to go? Mm. Do I want to stay old me? No fucking mm. thanks. Who wants to stay old? Who wants to stay back there anyway or stuck? Mm. And no whatever you want to achieve in your life, you know, day by day is just staggering what you can achieve. Mm. You will shock yourself. That's the amazing thing. It's 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 not hard when it's broken down to every day. It's what you do every day is what creates your life. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to if you if you stay drinking the result is you know what the the result is not going to be good. If you if you quit and you work on other things, it's amazing. It compounds. So you will get amazing results in your mm-hmm, life mm-hmm. and it's not just without with anything you know with anything yeah commit it's like if you went for a wave and if you're yeah. only what happens if you oh it's it's hilarious that's a the best the best metaphor ever if it's a heavy wave 
and it's hard to it's big and it's moving fast it's the wave you want you really you have to actually put a lot of weight over the board so you have to throw yourself over the ledge forward Hmm. without if you lean back a bit or you're a bit hesitant you end up free falling wow what a great (laughs) metaphor yeah so you'll get hung up You'll free. You'll get hung up. The wind gets underneath you, and you free fall to the bottom, and you don't make it. The only way to make it is to paddle as hard as you can, put all of your weight forward, and commit a hundred percent to it, and that gets you into those ones. Oh my god! I just got goosey. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I good think- metaphor. Yeah. You and your surf surf <laughs> metaphors, eh? <laughs> Well, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, it's exactly that. That is the best metaphor ever, it's, and mm. it, and in a practical sense, it's one hundred percent true. And when you blow, uh, like if you if you do blow a good wave, a a, a heavy one, mm-hmm. like whether it's heavy because it's sucky or heavy just because of the size of it, it's usually that reason. So mm-hmm. you haven't you thought you were committed enough, but a little bit of doubt crept in. <laughs> yes, yes, you hesitated. Um, yeah, you hesitated. So, so paddle for your life, people. Mm. <laughs> Commit. Yeah. Paddle over that ledge and yeah, throw everything you've got into it. Amazing. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Ash. That was unreal. You're always amazing. Mr. Inspiration. Thank you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.